Praise the name of Jesus. Last week, we, we, we started a series called, titled Breaking the Ice. Breaking the Ice. And we, we, last week was so, 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 I mean, important to, uh, the message of last week is so, so important to, to every believer, really. And, and we said that you should please download the MP3 um, at the CMM stand or on the online for free or um, pick up the CD for free and those that want to, that can buy multiple CDs and it's worked really well because somebody bought 10 CDs, you know, so that people bought one CD and paid for 10 so that nine other people can pick CDs for free. I mean, isn't that fantastic? You know? <laughs> clap, clap, don't be jealous. You two buy 20. <laughs> now, 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 now. And if you missed last week, please get the CD. Please get the CD. And God will, will bless you in Jesus' name. Today we are in part two. And we explained that the greatest gift we can give people that are close to us, but far from God, the greatest gift we can give people that are close to us, but far from God, is the gift of an introduction to this God, the creator of the heavens and the earth that made them, loves them, and has a purpose for them. That's the greatest gift we can give the people that are close to us, but far from God. That's the greatest gift. And every believer, regardless of our vocation, every believer is called to introduce people to Jesus. Every believer is called to introduce people to Jesus regardless of our vocation. I see the, the, the beauty and the danger of it, you know, it's, it's like two-pronged, is, is, is the fact that you may just be only one conversation away from changing the eternal destiny of that person. You may just be only one conversation away from changing the eternal destiny of that person. And we said that God is expecting and is relying on you and I to break the ice. And our, our job today is to, by the grace of God, teach us how to break the ice. How does God expect us to break the ice? To equip us and empower us to break the ice. Why? Because regardless of your calling in life, you may be called to be a president. You may be called to be um, a CEO, an entrepreneur. You may be called to be um, an homemaker, a, 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 a mom, or, or an homemaking dad. There are some homemaking dads, you know. You may be called, whatever you're calling, your, the ultimate purpose of your destiny is to help people find God. Regardless of your calling, the ultimate purpose of your destiny is to help people find, find God. You may not be called to be a pastor. Not all of us are called to be pastors or evangelists. Whatever your calling is, you may be called to be a trader. You may be called to be a hairdresser. You may be called to be a steward. Whatever your calling is, the ultimate purpose of your destiny is to help people do what? Find God. Is to help people find God. In Matthew chapter 5, Verse 13, Matthew 5, 13. Jesus puts it this way. He says that you are the salt of the earth. But what good is the salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot and worthless. You are the light 
of the world. Light illuminates darkness, a dark area. So Jesus is saying, your purpose, your destiny, my purpose, my destiny is to bring light into darkness. If our gospel is hid, it is hidden from those that are lost. Whom, this, whom the God of this world has what? Blinded their eyes. The person whose eyes is blind is living in darkness. And Jesus is saying to you, you are the light of the world. Wow. Praise the name of the Lord. Say, I am the light of the world. Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world. Now, that may look very um, in the sky, big picture statement. Let me bring it down. It means that that person that is close to me, but far from God, that, and is living in darkness, no matter how nice they are, Who is the light to that person? I am. I am to bring light into that person's darkness. You see, but you see, unfortunately, a lot of us, we are too preoccupied with our issues. We are too preoccupied with our own issues. We are too preoccupied with, um, oh, I want to get a car. I want to I get a house. I want to marry me a wife. I want to, a beautiful one. I want to marry me a husband. I want <laughs> You know, I don't want to go there today. <laughs> I want to marry me. You know, I want to, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. I want to do that. Oh, I am fighting this battle. Oh, the enemies are so strong. Oh, the enemies are around you. Listen, 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 listen. All the powers of darkness put together, they are no match for Jesus. Praise the name of the Lord. We let last week, Jesus says, will build my and the gates of hell shall not what? The challenge with a lot of us is that we don't even realize where the power lies when it comes to being a Christian. Listen, the power, listen carefully, the power lies in introducing people to God. You want to be anointed Introduce people to God. I don't want to use the traditional word, evangelism, because it kind of scares me too when I hear evangelism. <laughs> so if I say the power lies in evangelism, I'll be scared. <laughs> you know? The power lies in introducing people to God. The word of God says, Jesus, I think Luke 19.10, Jesus was talking to his disciples, and Jesus was saying, I give you power to tread upon serpents, and scorpions, and over all the powers of who? Of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus is saying, the maker of the heavens and the earth is saying, I have given you power to tread and trample upon serpents and scorpions, crushing their heads. All the witches, all the wizards, all the enemies that are trying to trouble you, trying to prevent you from getting to your breakthroughs, Jesus says, I have given you power to do what? To trample upon them. But if you fast forward and you go to Ephesians chapter 6, you read from 10 to 17, Paul was describing the armor of God. He says, put on the whole armor of God. And it starts, elements of salvation, 
breastplate of righteousness, belt of truth, the sword of the spirit, shield of faith. By the time he got to the foot, he says, your sandals should be shod with the preparation of the gospel. Jesus said, you will trample upon serpents and scorpions. Paul says, don't trample bare feet. Praise the name of the Lord. Paul is saying, don't trample bare feet. You are equipped with boots. Everybody say boots. In the days of Saul, they were wearing sandals to fight war. In our days, we wear boots. I have equipped you with boots to crush serpents and scorpions. What is this boots? The preparation of the gospel of peace. Jesus is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So, so you want power to defeat all your enemies, evangelize. You are clapping, clap. You can, you can be the only one clapping. It's fine. <laughs> That power, listen to me. Look, I'm telling you, I discovered this in 1998. How many years ago is that? Let somebody could do it for me. I, 15 years. I discovered this truth 15 years ago, alone in the wilderness in the north. And I said, ah, my approach to evangelism changed. Why? Because I need this power. Don't you need the power? Oh, yes, you do. So, it changed. And let me tell you something. The, the easiest place to see the power of God manifested is when you are preaching Jesus, when you are telling people about Jesus. I used to have a pastor, you know, I mean, I was like his apprentice. You know, I used to follow him about evangelism. You guys know him, Pastor Sam. Sam is a missionary in uh, Sierra Leone now. And Pastor Sam, his approach in those days was brutal. If we enter, you know, in the north, those people can stone you very quickly. <laughs> so we enter a compound, a community of a compound, like they have huts like this. So there's a, there's a compound in the middle, you know, those that have been there know what I'm talking about. And it's, we try to preach, you know, he greets them in Aosa, and nobody, everybody just ignores him. Then Pastor Sam switches. Is anybody here blind, lame, crippled? Deaf, dumb, they should bring them out. I say, oh God, yeah, I know, I'm not there. <laughs> because if they don't walk, you are in trouble. And I was scared. And they brought a, ah, was it a boy or a girl? I can't remember. A child that was five has never walked in her life. And everybody gathered. All I was doing is, I'm looking for where to escape. <laughs> and this man, <laughs> I have faith, but I have a brain too. <laughs> so I was just surveying the, the environment. Because they've stoned us before. We're, having a, we're praying that they stoned us. Me and this same guy. <laughs> so I was surveying how to escape, but I was, you know, one leg in, one leg out. Let us see. And he prayed for this child. The child has never walked before. And the child walked. You can, you, can, you can imagine what happened 
When they brought the child to church on Sunday, walking, my faith was strengthened. You see, I have friends that are philosophical. They say, oh, religion is this religion. I, I, I think, and I agree with them, you know, because if you, if you were here last week, if you see all the corruption and atrocities the church has done, people have done it in the name of the church. But Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell. So we have a lot of logic. People telling me that, oh, God doesn't exist. Use your brain. Dump. It's because you have not tasted the power. If you've seen demons literally crying and running out of people, the person that tells you that there's no God, there's no Jesus, wants to set you up. President of the Lord. <laughs> he wants to set you up. Yeah. Taste and see that the Lord is good. If I'm eating an orange, I'm eating it. It's me that knows how sweet it is. You cannot stay there. You've not tasted this orange before in your life. And you're telling me the orange does not exist. Okay, continue. It doesn't exist. Sit down there. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. It is the power of God. Jesus was talking to his disciples in, in, in John 15, in verse 16. Jesus was saying, Bring fruit. Let's, let's, I want us to read it. I want us to read it. Because this thing, John 15, 16. This thing called evangelism is so, so, so powerful. This thing called introducing people to God is so, so, so powerful. John 15, 16. I read. It says, you didn't choose me. This is Jesus saying, you didn't choose me. I chose you. I appointed you to go and produce lasting fruits so that the Father will give you whatever you ask using my name. Look at that. Jesus is saying, I have chosen you to bring forth what? Fruit so that whatever you ask the Father. What's the key to answers prayers? Fruits are the people you have brought to God. Think about it. If a Christian, who has come to God on your account, either directly or indirectly, how many people have come to God on your account? That is the weight, your weight spiritually in heaven. Think about it. And God, you see, God, I say directly or indirectly, because, for instance, if there's a program in church or in your house fellowship, and you bring somebody to your house fellowship, and the person receives Christ in the house fellowship, it is credited to your account. It is. If you give somebody a book, and the book, one way or the other, leads the person and da, 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 until accepting Christ, it's credited to your account. If you give somebody a CD, and, you know, and the story goes on and on. So it's not until you, you lead somebody to accept Christ physically. Of course, that also goes into your account. So it is so important. How many people have prayers that you want the Father to answer? Let me, put up, let me, let me see your hands up. Prayers that God, only God can answer. Only God can answer. Good. Please put out a hand. Jesus is saying to you, bring forth what? Fruits. My job this morning is to teach you how to do it. Are you ready? Now you are ready. <laughs> Good. 
The first thing you need to know is, is, is that you have to be willing to enter the zone of the unknown. You have to be willing to enter the zone of the unknown. And, that, and I can see a lot of willingness here today. Jesus says to us in Mark 16, 15, Mark 16, 15, Jesus says, go into the world and preach the gospel. Go into the world. Go into the world. Now, the world there means <laughs> you, you leave your zone. Leave your comfort zone. And there's usually a pattern to people when they get saved. When somebody gets saved, over time, before you know it, all your friends are Christians. Everyone is a Christian. In fact, when you say think about three people that are close to you, are far from God, you can't think you are struggling. Why does that happen? Sometimes legitimately. For instance, when, when I got saved, I needed to run away from my friends. Why? If I did not run away from my friends, I would not be standing here today. Because my friends, they used to be bad boys. They can make an angel backslide. If it were possible. <laughs> so, when, when I got saved, I ran for my life. And, you know, back in the day, they used to say, oh, when they are headed towards more me, more me, or for those that went to Unilag, is the female was still. I would go for Bible study. And they said, I'm you know, let's go now. You know, let's go and hang out. Yeah. I said, I have Bible study. Don't tell me you, you, are, you, are, you say you are now born again. I couldn't even answer. I was shaking. <laughs> but I knew I was born again. But I said, hey, I'm born again. And they laughed. And laughed. In fact, one of them said, I give Munei three months. He will come back to the boys. And I said to him, Goodbye, world. I stay no longer with you. Goodbye, pleasures of sin. Stay no longer with you. I made up my mind to go God's way. The rest. I made up my mind. I made up my mind. So sometimes that period of separation is necessary. For you to grow roots. And I said to them, you will get born again. And the, the loudest of them all, I can mention his name because Tosin, today he saved. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Now, he wasn't only not saved, he was from a Muslim home. I mentioned his surname, you would know the family. It's a huge family from Ijebu. They, they, they party. Today is born again. Why? Because I had to leave to grow my own roots. But at the right I had to go back and fetch them. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> For a lot of us, we just leave and we run away forever. <laughs> we want to just let Jesus come and let me just go. <laughs> but Jesus is saying, no, you need to go and reach those people. 
You need to go and reach those people. You need to be deliberate about making friends with people that are not saved. You may be in the the sphere of your life right now that you, you know you need to run for your life. You know, I'm telling you, run for your life. If you need to reach such people, maybe you want to go with another Christian, you know, so that they don't pull you back. But the key thing is you need to form relationships with people that are not saved and you need to be deliberate about it. Everybody say deliberate. You need to be deliberate about it. You need to leave your comfort zone. I mean, I, I checked my life some, some months ago and I, and I see everybody around me is saved. So what I did deliberately was, you know, in, on my street, they, they have this meeting which they're having today of everybody that's here on the street. Me, I never attend those kind of meetings before. Never. It was my business with those kind of meetings. But now, I attend. Do you know why? I want to make friends with people that may be far from God. Today, I've picked up a sport called tennis. I, I was playing tennis on Tuesday or something. And one of our guys ordered Gulda. Was it Gulda? Or Stout. I said, yes, he's my friend. He's my friend. He's now my friend. I tried to, to, to get into more places, you know, that I will meet people that are far from God. You have to. Praise the name of the Lord. You have to be willing to do that. Willing. Everybody say, be willing. Then, of course, as we said last week, you have to listen to the Holy Spirit's prompting. Listen to the Holy Spirit's prompting. Why? Because true evangelism is to stay in tune to the Holy Spirit and cooperate with the Holy Spirit. True evangelism is to, is to stay in tune with the Holy Spirit and cooperate with the Holy Spirit. You may say, oh, Pastor, but I don't know how to hear from the Holy Spirit. I'm saved. I don't know how to hear from the Holy Spirit. I have good news for you. For, for you. you are hearing from the Holy Spirit already. Hey, Pastor, how do you know? I know. Why? Because everyone, particularly that is saved, hears from the Holy Spirit. Let me give you an example of how I'm sure you heard from the Holy Spirit. Have you, maybe you've gone to work. I use this example a lot. I'm teaching hearing from God. Maybe you've gone to, ch- to work and you are really tired. You are really, really tired. And the traffic is so bad and your body is aching and you just want to go home, have yourself a good bath, nice dinner, and crash. Then you do the first thing, then you have your dinner, then you hit your bed. And you, you know, your, your room is cool. Yes, it's blaring. And you pull, your, pull the cover. Oh, I'm going to enjoy this sleep. And something said to you, you have not prayed. Has that put anybody here? Okay. I'm happy to announce to you that that is the Holy Spirit. <laughs> now, you know, because number one, that is not your flesh. There's only one agenda for your flesh. What is that? Sleep. Sleep. That is not the devil. There's only one agenda for the devil. Sleep. Don't pray, right? That can only be the Lord. (laughs) Now, that's an example of the voice of the Holy Spirit. 
listen and be tuned to the voice of the Holy Spirit. Then, of course, the third thing to do is to break the ice. To just break the ice. Just break the ice. Just break the ice. Now, we are going to now look at what does it, how do I break the ice now? How do I break the ice? But before, before, we, look, before we look at that, there, there's a major hindrance to breaking the ice with people. The major hindrance that I've realized with myself also in breaking the ice is ego. My ego and my pride. My ego and my pride. Jesus was the first person to walk across the cosmos, if you will, and came on earth and broke the ice. If you open your Bibles to Philippians, Philippians chapter 2, Philippians chapter 2, 5 to 8. He says, you must have the same attitude that Jesus had. Even though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being when he appeared in his human form. He humbled himself. Everybody say humbled himself. In obedience to God and Died the criminal's death on the cross. Jesus, for Jesus to break the ice, for Jesus to reach you and I, to connect you and I to God, he, Jesus needed to humble himself. You see, for you to reach that person that God is putting in your heart, you need to humble yourself. Some of us, we are, we are too proud. You need to humble yourself. You can't break the ice being proud. You can't. You can't break the ice being proud. Many times, some of us, we just speak Christianese as they've termed it as a language to people. We just speak it to people. Some of us, we just speak at people. I've realized that one of the, the major setbacks that I have when I'm trying to reach people for God is when they discover I'm a pastor. When they discover I'm a pastor, it kind of puts up a wall. That's why I deliberately try not to look like a pastor. I was having a conversation with a, a, a young lady and it was a good conversation that can lead to God. Then somebody passed by and saw me and said, ah, pastor. And I greeted the person. I came back to my conversation. She has changed. The person that was open, that was, became religious herself, trying to impress me <laughs> with her religiosity. I was speaking with someone. He had cigarettes in his hands. And he was, you know, he was kind enough not to puff in my face. But we're having a conversation. And someone passes by and says, Oh, Pastor, how are you doing? I'm like, Oh, my goodness. 
Then I greet the person. I look back. I couldn't find the cigarette again. I don't know. Maybe he swallowed it. <laughs> or he's under his feet. I, I don't know. I couldn't find the cigarette again. He, the guy threw away the cigarette. Praise the Lord. I'm not sure that's what God wants. God wants us the salt. By the time salt enters into the soup, it mixes with the soup. You don't see the salt, but you see the effect of the salt. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> you see the effect of the salt. A lady sent me a text. I mean, good person. I've heard. Not, not really, I've heard it. A lot of people send me different texts. They are starting a business. They want to give a name for the business or a slogan for the business. And, and the person says, oh, Jesus is Lord Beauty Saloon. He said, Pastor, is that not a very good name? I said, no. I said, that's not a good name. When you put a name like that, you are alienating some people. In fact, you are alienating the same people God gave you that business idea for. Praise the name of the Lord. So, I shouldn't put business in my business name. I should put Jesus in my business name. Correct. Let Jesus be in your heart. Then let that light shine. Now, that is scandalous to some people. You know, they are looking at me. Eh? All these pastors. They now want us to remove Jesus from our business. Listen, listen, listen. The objective is to reach people for God. At, that, at the level people are, that's not the level. Jesus, when Jesus came and met the disciples, Jesus said, come and see. Then come and follow me. Then towards the end, Jesus said, come and die. If Jesus met Peter and says, come and die, Peter would say, eh, me. <laughs> Jesus takes people through progress, progressions, progressions, pro- until a lot of us, we are too in people's faces about Jesus. fine. But sometimes you can actually be a nuisance. Praise the name of the Lord. I remember the pastor preaching one day and said that before he matured in God, he used to be very rascally. He gave his life to Jesus. Then his pastors just said to them, they should go and evangelize. And he went with his Bible and he was preaching and he said, if you don't accept Jesus today, you will perish. You know? And one of them, they were playing soccer where he went, came to him and said, hey, I will perish, Abby. He said, yes. He says, didn't Jesus say that if they slap you on one face, you should turn the other face? Before he could answer, the guy gave him, Pwah! He says, I came back like this. He says, he dropped his Bible. He says he beat the guy until he accepted Christ. (laughs) He said, 
added him to his pastor. I have a convert. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. The model we are going to share today, or we are sharing today about accepting how to lead people to God, is, is it was developed by some guy called the Hybels. But in reading it, I found out that it's something we have been doing actually. But he's just articulated it so perfectly. You know? How many people, um, to make us remember this, this simple model, you know, is, is, is the word 3D. How many people know 3D TVs? You've watched 3D. What am I wearing? You guys are in 3D now. <laughs> If you've seen any of those 3D glasses or 3D, um, when you look at the pictures, they look out of place. But when you put on the glasses, they what? They become, they come out, they come alive, they become real. And uh, you guys are looking different. Honestly, I'm joking. <laughs> now, we are going down route so that something we can remember on a daily basis and deploy. What are the three D's of breaking the ice? The first D is develop friendships. Develop friendships. People that break the ice, they live in 3D and they constantly, everybody say constantly. They, everybody say constantly. They constantly look for ways to develop friendships. Friendships allow people to examine your life without you saying a word. That's what friendship does. It allows people to examine your life without you saying a word. And that can be one of the most powerful ways to evangelize. When you give the people the opportunity to examine your life without you saying a word. Friendship is the easiest way to build trust. That's the easiest way to build trust. Friendship. And you see, for you to do this, for you to build friendship, you must be willing to walk away from your comfort zone. All of us have comfort zones. We have a circle of friends that we are safe with. For you to actually develop friendships that God wants you to, you have to walk out of your comfort zone. For me, it was out of my comfort zone speaking to somebody that is smoking cigarettes. Before, when I was younger, when I was running away from cigarettes and all those things, I would run away from such a person. You know why? Because I don't want anything to entice me. Number two, I don't want anybody to see me and see the guys smoking and think we are together. Do you understand? We have to be separate. Everybody say separate. God is saying, move out from your comfort zone. Move out from your comfort zone. Jesus, in John 4, you can read it when you get home. It's a fantastic story. You know, we are hanging out with Jesus, like we said last week. Jesus is a master evangelist, so to speak. He's, he's a master. The Bible says that Jesus has need to go through Samaria. The picture here is the Jews 
Jerusalem, Galilee, Samaria. So, when they go to worship in Jerusalem, if you know the, the map of Israel, or if you don't know, just imagine. This is Jerusalem, the northern city. This is Samaria. Then some Jews live at the bank and all that. So, if the people here want to go to Jerusalem to worship, they run through Samaria. Do you understand? Then after they've worshipped God and they feel pious and holy, they don't go through, they, they go around Samaria. <laughs> they go around Samaria. So what the Bible says, Jesus had needs to go through Samaria. When the Jew reads it, that is the picture he has in his mind. They don't associate with these people. Jesus went out of his comfort zone into Samaria. He sat by a well. His disciples were away. A woman came, and Jesus began a conversation with a woman. The woman was shocked. How is it that you, a Jew, is talking to me, a woman of Samaria? Two different, a, a man in those days, we're not just be talking to a woman by a well. It's, it's a major issue. It's a very scandalous position. Jesus put himself in that position. Then a Samaria for that matter. And for us to be icebreakers, to live in 3D, we have to develop. Everyone say develop. We have to develop friendships out of our comfort zone. You see, while every human being has a loving heart towards some people, almost every human being has a list of people that they cannot stand. While every human being, being has a loving heart for some people, there are some people every human being will love. Every human, almost every human being, has a list of people that they can't stand. It could be the person that cost you your job. It could be the person that took your wife or took your husband. It could be the person that stole your money. It could be the person that was nasty to you. It could be the person that cost you your business. It could be, you know, we have this list of people. And sometimes God may be leading you to reach out to those people. How do you handle that? In fact, for some people, it's not just a list of individuals. Some of us, we have a list of groups of people that we cannot relate with. We blacklist. Praise the name of the Lord. Some people are so tribalistic. So, so tribalistic. They're like, my son can never marry from that part of the country. My daughter can never marry from that part of the country. What if that's where the husband is? President of the Lord. It is so limiting. You are limiting your life. There are beautiful people everywhere, regardless of tribe and tongue and state of origin. I've seen, you know, uh, European people say, oh, my daughter cannot marry an Igbo person. I've heard Hebrew people say, oh, my son can never marry a Yoruba girl. There was one wedding. I don't know who was Igbo, who is Yoruba, but Igbo marrying Yoruba. And 
It was war. The two families. It was war. <laughs> Finally, the day came. And the pastor was preaching. And the pastor opened the statement. You know, by saying, an Igbo Christian should not marry a Yoruba Christian. If you see the, the elders, you say, hey, you said it. This is a correct pastor. <laughs> says, and a Yoruba Christian should never marry an Igbo Christian. And murmuring begins to go on in the church. And the pastor broke the eyes and said, if you are a Yoruba Christian, you, have no, you, are, even, you are not even a Christian. And if you are a Igbo Christian, you are not a Christian. A Christian should marry a Christian. Whether you are Igbo or Yoruba or Ibibio or Damaturu. <laughs> you know? When you say, I am an Aousa Christian, there's something wrong with that. One blood, one savior, one family, one umbrella name. Praise the name of the Lord. And we have to be careful, particularly as Christians, not to allow the bitterness of the generation of our parents to form bitterness in our own hearts. I was telling you when my, my own father, when my father wants to buy this paper, after, I, I mentioned it sometimes. What I did analyze, there are some newspapers we never buy. If we never buy champion, you know why? If you don't know why, go and research. <laughs> if you sit me down, you tell me about Akintola, you know, Awolowo, Adekunle Fajui, how this person did that, how that person did this, how this person, how you shouldn't mind these people from this part of the country, how you shouldn't mind. Ah! How many people know Adekunle Fajui? You do. The granddaughter is here. She worships with us. <laughs> Don't worry. Now, but when I got saved, I had to purge all that nonsense. Praise the name of the Lord. Because it's nonsense. If the question is, are you washed in the blood, in the soul, cleansing blood of the Lamb? Are your garments Spotless are they white as snow. Are you washed in the blood of the Lamb? That is the question. I remember one of the mothers of one of our ministers back in the day came and she came to church and she saw the son, you know, being, uh, I was anointing the son and the son was ministering and he came and he says, ah, she thanks God, though. I said, Mama, what's that? She said, she thanks God that God can make her son a minister in land. I said, foreign land, Mama. She sees Lagos as a foreign land. Praise the Lord. One Nigeria. Praise the name of the Lord. 
Igbo, Aosa, Ibibio, Yoruba, Shekiri, Ijo, Dukpe. The question is, are you washed in the blood? So God will require us to move out of our comfort zones. For those of you that you are struggling with, with maybe with um, Aosa people, God may actually send you to go and start God's private house in Kano. What will you do? You need to drop your better bees. You know what? You know what better bees are. You know, people want to get married. He says, "Oh, ah, the person I want to marry, he had better be. He had better be. He had better be. He had better be. He had better be." Then they have better don't bees. You had better not be short. Yeah, and God can give you a. Now, now listen, listen, listen. That person you are calling short is God's child. Jesus died for him. Go. That person you are calling fatty bum bum. Jesus died for her. I'm going to color this testimony a little bit. There's someone, you know, very deep spiritually, who wants to get married. And God was leading him to this lady that, you know, wasn't his specs. I don't know how people come up with specs. I don't know. Anyway, he had his specs. And he had issues. He knew it was God. This guy hears from God. It's clear from God. So he says to me, Pastor, how can I marry somebody like this? These are my specs. Can you pray? I said, I'll pray. I was in the U.S. at the time. And I prayed. I know what God said to me. God said, and I told him that my own daughter, one, two, that that thing is not a permanent change. The beauty is the person inside. I know the person I'm giving you. Praise the name of the Lord. So don't think that man is short. God knows the person is giving you. Embrace him with love. I need to go, I need to go, I need to go, I need to go. I need to go. So the first D is they, they what? Develop friendship. The second D is they discover stories. The people that are icebreakers, they continuously develop friendships in order to discover stories. In, they are developing friendships in order to what? Discover stories. Everybody has a story. The easiest way to reach somebody for Christ is to Connect to their story. You need to find out their story. Connecting with people's story as a way of opening them up amazingly. 
there was someone I was with, I decided to move out of my comfort zone, and I tried to strike up a friendship with this guy. You know, we had some clashes there and there, you know. And I was looking out for a story, and he was saying to me that, ah, you know what, he didn't know I was a pastor. You know what, I've noticed every time the month is coming to an end, something always happens that wipes out all his salary. Something always happens. And he has noticed the pattern consistently. And I said to him, let's talk about that. You know, because for me, I'm connected to his story. I've seen, I, I've seen an opportunity <laughs> to reach him for Christ. For, for Jesus, the woman by the well, Jesus, by word of knowledge, connected to her story. Go and call your husband. He said, I don't have a husband. He said, you have said correctly because the man you are with is not your husband. In fact, you have been with for ah, The woman said, yeah. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. When we, dis- when we develop friendships, the purpose is so that we can discover stories. So that we can discover stories. When we focus on building Trust, no matter how long. Developing and discovering people's stories. Fantastic doors open to us. And discovering stories, you know, show us how best to serve people. I used to have a friend that I was, I, I was developing friendship with. He was far from God, but I was developing friendship with him. Now, I began to look out and discover his story. And he began to tell me his story. His main problem was, I mean, this was back in the day. This guy was doing, at that time, I didn't even know it was anything like 419 at the time. I'm talking about close to 15 years ago. But he was a major guy, 419 guy. And he knew that he needed God. And when he began to tell me, so I just hung out with him and we just talk and I don't condemn him, I don't, Nothing. And he began to tell me a story that he has a problem with being born again. I said, okay, you should tell me. He says he has been dating this girl for three years. That she says she's born again. But she keeps sleeping with him. So the girl kept sleeping with him. And so he's confused. He's like, I said, but you are the one putting pressure on her. I said, hey. But she's the one that is supposed to be born again. She's the one that is supposed to be telling me no. So, his problem was it doesn't add up. How can you say you are born again, you are sleeping with me? Something must be wrong with you, you born again people. Even a sinner knows what to do. Or how a Christian should behave. But God helped us navigate that story. <laughs> and we'll talk about that maybe later. So, the third D, the first D is what? Develop friendship. The second D is what? Discover stories. And the third D is discern the appropriate next steps. Discern the appropriate next steps. If you are going to break the ice effectively, you have to consistently 
develop friendships in order to discover stories so that you can discern the appropriate next steps and break the ice. Praise the name of the Lord. For the case of my friend that I mentioned earlier on, we could discern the appropriate next steps, which is showing him that it is possible to, that the lady is just compromising because maybe she thinks she's going to lose him if she doesn't sleep with him. And guess what? The day my friend gave his life to Jesus, the first thing he did was terminate that relationship. I didn't tell him to do it. And he said to me that he can't stand it. I said, and, and he says he can't stand if she was, they were supposed to get married, though, by the way. The families have met, everybody have met. He says if she was saved and she could be sleeping with him, now that he's saved, how does he know that she'll be faithful if they get married? If you cannot be faithful to Jesus, how can you be faithful to me? That's what he was saying. And he broke the relationship. The girl cried her eyes out. Everything you abandon Jesus for, we abandon you for Jesus. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Discover, discern the next steps. For some, for some of you, the, the next steps for the people that you, you have before you could be just give them a book. The next step could be Give them a CD. The next step could be just keep quiet and just be friendly with the person. Don't talk about Jesus or anything. Just be friendly. For some people, the next step is actually for like my friend, um, the same guy. There was a time I knew that the relationship we had built could withstand my asking him directly, you need to give your life to Jesus. And I said to him, Oh boy, you need to give your life to Jesus. And he said, I'm ready. <laughs> Praise the Lord. For sometimes, the next step is just to just confront it. Just, sh- just shoot the bullet. Just say, you need to give your life to Jesus. But you don't start by saying that. You start by what? Developing friendships. Then, discovering stories. And discerning the next steps. So the people that live in 3D, they what? They develop friendships. Number two, they they discover stories. And number three, they they discern their next steps. Take these three names that you have of people that are close to you and far from God. Then look at them with your 3D glasses. Look at them in 3D. Have I developed friendship with this person? Where am I in friendship with this person? Am I discovering this person's stories? Before I can even talk about discerning the next steps. You see that evangelism will be a breeze. Praise the name of the Lord. There's a week, a new week ahead of us. That's about to unfold. And everybody here must decide. We must choose. Are we going to invest in things that glorify and satisfy us? Or are we going to invest in things that glorify and satisfy 
God. This week is going to start. You have to decide. Am I going to invest in things that satisfies and glorifies me? Or am I going to invest in things that satisfy and glorify God? What will your answer be? You or God? Answer. God, I hope. What I would mean is I will deliberately develop friendships this week. Those that I have friendships with, I will deliberately discover stories. Those that I have discovered their stories, I will be deliberate in discerning the next steps. And I will take the next steps to break the ice. We have to commit, beginning from this week, to live in 3D. Praise the name of the Lord. Next steps, ask Holy Spirit, lead me. Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, lead me. That's all you need to say. Everybody say, Holy Spirit, lead me. Say, lead me, Holy Spirit. And if you choose to obey God's leading, you will think back at this week. And you will say, this is a week well spent. Praise the name of the Lord. <laughs> you will look back at this week. And you see, the reason why people are in depression, people are depressed, is simple. It's they are not doing the things that bring life. And the things that bring life are what I've shared with you. Discover, develop friendships. Discover stories. Discern next steps. Help people connect to God. The joy of seeing somebody turn to Christ. How many people here, um, you've led somebody to Jesus before? Let me see your hands up. I've led somebody to Jesus before. Good. Fantastic. God bless you. Put on your hands. Now, how many of you felt that joy that I'm talking about? Put up that hand. You felt that joy. Unspeakable. Fantastic. It is unexplainable. It crushes every form of depression. It puts you on high. Praise the name of the Lord. If you're here, you are far from God. You are close to church. In fact, you are in church. But you are far from God. I said, Pastor, that is me. I'm far from God. I want to pray with you. I want this God to embrace you the way he embraced us, those of us that surrendered to him at some point. I want this God to come into your life. Let's bow down our hearts as we bow down our heads. You are saying, Pastor, that is me. I am far from God. Pray with me. Pray with me this morning. If you are on the internet, wherever you are, I need to know you are there. So I want you to put up your hands now over your head. Pastor, that is me. I am far from God. I am far from God. Pray with me. God bless you. Talk to God and say, Lord, I come to you today in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Cleanse me from all my sins. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. Accept me into your family today. In the mighty name of Jesus, receive me even as I come. The rest of us, I want us to pray for ourselves that 
even as we step into this week, pray for yourself that, Father, as I step into this week, Lord, I'm going to experience that joy, unspeakable, of introducing somebody to you. Lord, as I step into this week, I'm going to live in 3D. I'm going to live in 3D, Lord. I'm going to develop friendships, Lord. I'm going to develop friendships. Father, I'm going to discover stories. And I'm going to discern the appropriate next steps. In the mighty name of Jesus. Talk to God. Talk to God. Oh, oh.